Osiris. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Hey, this is Oteal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of comes a time. That is Oteal. And that is Mike. And uh, we had a very relevant guest on <laughs> that I <Absolutely>. think <laughs> you all will find interesting. <laughs> Yeah, we had Brando, uh, the founder of Cash or Trade, uh, on the podcast today, and um, he's taken a an old finger in the air. Who's got my ticket uh, model from way before these f- smartphones, and uh, turned it into a uh, social digital platform where everybody can uh, purchase tickets for face value and share within the community and help each other try to save money and have great experiences. And it's blossomed. I mean, it's grown far beyond, you know, the, the beginnings in the fish and dead scene and jam band scene. And it's, it's all over the the musical spectrum now. Really proud of them. Yeah, hopefully the the big powers that be won't find a way to shut them down or buy them out or something. I know, know, right? Yeah. Because they're doing something really, really good and really in the spirit of what this whole thing is about. And uh, it's good to see it not get lost and swallowed up or have all the blood drained out of it by vampiristic capitalism. Like I say, I'm fine with capitalism. It's just the vampire capitalism. It's just like, wow. You know, when you can start feeling bad while you're at a show because you just went through so much crap and you got screwed so bad. And you just, even if it takes that much off of it, it just, that's a shame. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to see that spirit. Yeah. And I mean, the throughput for a lot of the conversations we've had recently is how medicinal and how spiritual and important these live music experiences are for so many of us. And like you said, like if you have to have that in the back of your, you know, you paid $300 extra for this, uh, for this jam, you know, it hurts <laughs> and I've done it and I, you know, hope to never again, but thanks to Brando and his team, we'll, we're able to kind of minimize those those experiences. So thanks so much to Brando for joining us, uh, from the, the queen city of Burlington, Vermont. And thank you everybody for listening. We're on Osiris home to so many great podcasts, go to osirispod.com. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and, uh, get a bonus episode each week. So thank you. Thank you, Brando. Stay safe out there and, uh, we'll see you soon. It is great to see you, my friend. How's everything going? Great to see you as well. Uh, Things are going great. Appreciate it. Where are you in the country? I am in Vermont, Burlington. Yeah. Hence the sweatshirt. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You know, 50, 51 today so far. Boy, I caught a a beautiful weekend up there weather-wise. God, it was just perfect. Really, really nice. like picturesque and, and warm and gorgeous. Spent a bunch yeah. of time by the lake. Everyone was outside. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was rare to have like 85 degrees that time of year. Um, sorry we missed you too. Would have been great to hang. We'll have to sorry do it next time. Sorry I missed time. you too. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. 
Um, so are you a native Vermonter? I am not. I grew up in New Hampshire, but you know, just over the border and yeah. came here for college like 25 years ago. Uh, the same weekend that fish played in Plattsburgh for their first festival. Ah. Oh, how, how synchronistic right on the other side of the lake. It was funny because parents like dropped us off in the dorm room. I like shook hands with my new roommate and like grabbed my bag. And like, as soon as my parents left, like <laughs> went, <laughs> went over the lake to Plattsburgh. <laughs> and I was like, college is great. <laughs> There's a fish festival across the lake every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Well, mm -hmm. we're, we're approaching, uh, you know, tour season and, uh, we thought let's, uh, get a, get a, you know, finger on the pulse of, of the, what's happening in the ticket world. And, uh, we wanted to see how things are going and what's happening and prices are obviously skyrocketing with everything out there. Um, so I'm sure the, the wide world of scalping is probably, you know, right on course. It sure is. It's a never ending battle. <laughs> I found that out recently when I, uh, I was trying to get some tickets, uh, for a friend of mine's birthday to a show down here, earth, wind and fire in Santana. Mm. And holy crap, you know, I don't, well, well, it may have evened out, but for most of my musical career, I was poor, <laughs> but we never had to buy beer and we never had to pay for concert tickets. Like it was like mm -hmm. two of our perks. So it's only been like a handful of times in the last 35 years that I actually bought tickets for something. And they were not shows this big, you know, because I don't, typically don't like big crowds, but buying this one, it was like... I wasn't front row or anything. I was like, yeah, it was like $1,800. I was like, oh my God, I can't get four of these. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I just was, I, my mind was blown. I was like, who's buying these? Yeah. Who can afford it? Well, what's the deal, Brando? Why is it <laughs> like that that's not regulated? I mean, in doing what you do, do you need to kind of like also stay on top of like how, like how all the other, outlets and the stub hubs and the verified resellers and all that other stuff, like how they're doing, is that part of cash or trade is kind of keeping I mean, an eye on what else is happening? Yeah. Like we're very much in tune with the industry, you know, what's going on. Um, it's wild. It's like wild West. I mean, there's, a lot of changes. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. It's an ever-evolving industry. The technology is changing fast and rapidly. There is a lot of uh, new companies in the space, but of course, there's still the control from the big dogs um, who are manipulating the markets. And there's a lot of behind the scenes. Um, it's a really interesting industry. Um, it, it's too bad. It's not just more clear and, and sort of cut and dry on how it's presented. Cause that's what the fans are expecting. You know, mm. they, they want that, um, you know, that transparency in the market when they go to purchase something and, you know, all the tickets are, you know, scooped up by brokers and, and not just brokers, but like large allotments based on venues, you know, like Amex pre-sales and like, you know, all of the, um, you know, credit card and corporate accounts. And, you know, before you know it, a venue is just sliced right up to where there's like only so much available that's actually going to go on sale for the original on sale that everybody like expects there to be like the 20,000 tickets and there's really not. And then even then only so many of them are released at that time. And a large majority are obtained by brokers using bot and scalper programs um, and are shipped off to like StubHub and other uh, secondary market scalping companies. And uh, some of them are just like held up later to like pent up the demand and to come back later and do re-releases. Um, then there's the whole thing with platinum tickets um, where tickets are becoming um, to adjust for market value as if they were an airline seat. Um <laughs> Which, you know, is understandable, but what I think what sort of makes that difficult to swallow is right alongside it in the same platform, such as Ticketmaster or Access Tickets, is that then you will have the resold tickets where it's people who are supposedly reselling them um, most of the time above face. And it just the trust is lost on like what ticket is what. And are these resold tickets becoming platinum tickets? And um, hmm. it's just really hard to know. Um, so, you know, for the average consumer to just come in here and wrap their heads around all of this um, and, and even longtime fans, you know, yeah. like we have a lot of conversations and um, there's a lot of misunderstanding of the industry itself. And we do our best to try to convey that. Um but it's just ever evolving. And, you know, in the end of the day, what we're trying to do with cash or trade is just allow fans to be able to purchase tickets from other fans without profit. Uh, we want to create a space where it's just like often when you find out you can't go, you're just bummed. And if you like really value that experience, you know, in your heart, you just want to pass that experience on to someone else and get your money back and almost live vicariously through them, knowing that somebody else got to go and have this amazing experience. But I had to go to like my friend's sister's wife's wedding, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, or like COVID. I'm going to miss <laughs> or COVID. Yeah. So um, you know, it's just, we're trying to say, Hey, let's not have middlemen obtaining all the profit. You know, the artists aren't making that, uh, that extra markup. And like, why is that? And the platinum tickets 
actually help solve that in the way that it does create a higher um, market value. And that money goes to the artists and the venue and the whole chain to make that event occur versus everything going to StubHub or a secondary site where the brokers walk away with the majority of the money, the artist gets a sliver, the fan is ripped off, the platform gets 25 to 35% in fees on a marked up ticket. 25 to 35% in fees. Yeah. I mean, imagine paying that as a sales tax if you go to the store just on... Yeah. Buy something retail. Well, and also and it's like twenty five <laughs> to thirty percent more. Like what? The yeah. <laughs> and Otil, remember yeah. this. This is just to get you in the door. Oh yeah. <laughs> this isn't sixty dollars for parking. It's not beer. It's not food. That's right. It's not. It's and not, then long yeah. lines at the bathroom and merch and then t- yep. yeah, which yep. I wouldn't even think about. I'd have to be drunk to buy merch <laughs> in an event like that because it's like. I can order the band merch online and not, you know, carry it oh, on. If you can you. afford, if you can afford the fourteen dollar beer, then uh, you might have enough of them to go be drunk enough to buy that merch. Thirty five dollar <laughs> T shirt, yeah. I, I, I was, oh, I was able to afford a fourteen dollar beer for a while now since the Almond Brothers. I just never found a beer that was worth fourteen dollars. <laughs> it's like not hard for me to not get it. Right. Because right. I'm like, that's a Bud Light. I'm definitely not paying fourteen dollars for that. I Are love you kidding that. me? Like even if it was two gallons. <laughs> well, you know, I will say like I love that. Things things are expensive, of course. Like yeah. you know, inflation, the way everything is going, coming out of COVID, prices have gone up around the board. But I think still people want to vote with their dollar and they want Mm. to put their money in a good place. And they want to know that if they are spending this money on a $35 t-shirt, that that's goes to support the band that they love. And that, you know, they will go to that next show feeling like they supported that band. And that's why they're playing tonight. Yeah, it, it's just the part where it's like the, the platforms like Ticketmaster and StubHub can get really expensive in fees um, and that the brokers in the middle are the ones who are taking that. Yeah, that's the one. That's the part that that really gets me. And also the fact that like the way that the skin of the site um, kind of like uh, presents what you're buying and from who that's changed recently over the course of, you know, just the past couple of years where, you know, you don't actually see on Ticketmaster anymore. Like, we're sorry, this, uh, this event is sold out. What it is, is it's, oh, here is right next, like you were saying, right next to a ticket that may be face value that's on the lawn for, for 49 50 or, you know, 50 bucks, there's right next to it is, Oh, we have section 11 for $770, but there's no, it doesn't say they've blurred the middle where it's like, Mm -hmm. this is a scalper selling a ticket on our site. Maybe not a professional scalper, but this is someone who is looking to make a profit and we're giving them the platform to do it. And there's no skin chain. There's no like, other page to click on this event is sold out however if you want to buy tickets over you know face click here it's just all one confusing mess yeah and that's just it is that it's just like not super transparent and um it creates a lot of frustration in the industry and I suppose like a dream of mine with cash or trade is to make the ticketing buying experience, um, you know, not only fun, but, um, wholesome. Mm -hmm. So you're able to communicate with another fan who's like really sad. They can't go. And you're able to talk back and forth and be like, Oh, I'm bringing my dad to this show. Mm-hmm. You know, and the seller is like, dude, that's so awesome. Like, I'm so glad I could participate in that. And then they become friends and they follow up. And mostly like 
when you want to go to an event, I mean, these are life experiences, right? Right. Like, you know, the goosebumps that you get, um, you know, that's, it's an emotional feeling. Yeah, totally. uh, (laughs) That's what you're participating in. And, and when you get ripped off from the start of it, then you're always like at the show trying to ask yourself if that last song was worth it. (laughs) Yeah. When you start doing the math in your head and you're like, well, this jam's causing costing me like $65, (laughs) you know, like this set break is 1995. It's true. And, and, you know, I think that what happened too with obviously the past couple of years being what it was and tours being postponed indefinitely and refunds being, you know, like the world kind of got really crazy. But I think what we, a lot of us, what we did was we bought up a shitload of tickets with good hopes that we were going to be able to maybe head across country and see a bunch of shows and maybe catch like, you know, 15, 20 shows when maybe we only get to catch three or four of those or whatever. And we end up getting stuck with like a shitload of tickets. And it's like, that's a, that's a whole other part of it where it's like, what do I do with these? Like, what's the path of least resistance? Number one, number two, like you said, I want to make sure someone gets this ticket that is going to, uh, you know, thoroughly enjoy it, not just take it and reflip it for three times the amount, you know? So I think that that was an experience that probably a lot of us had where it was like, we, we kind of wishfully thought like, yeah, the world's opening back up. We're going to go to do tour, all this, you know, and then you just can't. So you're stuck with a bunch of stuff. And, 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 and I, you know, I use your site, you know, that, and I, and I, I love it because I, you're right. You do get those connections with people where it's like, you're going to have a great time at this and the gratitude and the, the, like, it's fun to actually check the site to see like, oh yeah, I got some responses. People do want this ticket. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thanks for being a part of the community. That's what it's about. Um, yeah, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of frustrations in it for sure. Um, on your, on your end. Oh, uh, well, of course, (laughs) um, you know, we, we try to move forward with our, our most positive foot forward every day. Um, of course. And, you know, often there's people who are very thankful and it makes it all worth it when we see those people at shows and they express their gratitude. Um, but of course the lack of transparency, the misunderstanding of the industry, there's a lot of frustration out there amongst fans. We, we call it ticket anxiety as well. Um, where people are trying to get a ticket and it's like a super high demand event. And then there's sort of this level of entitlement often about like who deserves to get the ticket and like this frustration around not scoring. And you know what, in the end of the day, if you really want to go, like everybody gets in kind yeah, of thing, you've heard yeah. that, um, you know, <laughs> if you, you know, like, it, but you know, during that process, those three months before that event, like people are very agitated around the whole industry. And, you know, that comes back to us quite a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of frustration because people don't quite understand, you know, why these tickets are the way they are and, and how difficult it is to obtain them. And, um, we do our best to, um, you know, provide some inventory out there from fans who aren't looking to become business men or women, and they're just having extra that they're, you know, bummed they can't go to. And then, along the lines of what you were saying where, um, you know, they're starting to be, you know, fans are doing whatever they can to obtain those tickets. Well, with all this friction, right. So they're coming up with ways to do that. And when you go to purchase tickets, um, there's usually an allotment of like four tickets. Um, and you know, if you're going to buy those tickets, like you just sat in a waiting room for 35 minutes, you know, you're like, you should be working, but you're like in this waiting room and you know, all your friends and family are trying to go too. and an average fan, like once they finally get there to go purchase, 
like they're going to buy those four tickets. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I see nothing wrong with that. Like there's a small allotment. They're not going in there buying 30 tickets. You know, they're buying like, you know, a few tickets. It's going to go to their spouse or their family or a friend um, who's also trying to get those tickets. Yeah. Um, but there are those cases where like maybe you buy those and somebody can't go. So someone ends up with like an extra or two. Either way, it's kept out of the hands of a scalper and goes back into the hands of a fan. Um, and you're still staying within the allotment that the ticket platform is allowing. But then there's lotteries and the lottery system is built, um, you know, as if you don't know what you're going to get. So that happens too, where people will go into the lottery and they're like, well, I'm going to do this four day, but like, maybe I'll do this four day too, because the chances I'm going to get both four days are like little to none. Right. Um, and then they do it. And then there are those random 1% moments when boom, that person scores, Yeah, you know, and yeah. then they do get all those tickets Again, they come back to cash or trade or they're talk with their friends or they're Venmoing each other, whatever they're texting with friends. At least it gets redistributed back to fans at face value and they'll all get to go and attend the event without yeah. being ripped off. Um, but there is some friction around that fans starting to point fingers at other fans about like, Oh, like he's not going to fly out West to go see that show. Like, <laughs> This is, are you kidding? Like, that's what, that's what this fan base does. We fly everywhere to go see events at the drop of a hat. Like, yeah, we do whatever um, we possibly can, but yeah. So that frustration is a little like, you know, hard to, uh, hard to see because, you know, everyone's just trying to obtain the tickets. They're trying to get them at face and, you know, we all need to stay positive and realize that, you know, scalpers aren't, aren't obtaining those tickets. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that we all want, we're all, pulling for each other to not get ripped off. <laughs> I really do think that's like the main thing where it's just like, I don't, I, I don't care as long as, you know, just, I, I hate to hear how much people pay for things because it's like, then it's, you're perpetuating the, you're kind of keeping it alive, you know, like by, by going and buying a thousand dollar ticket off StubHub, that's keeping StubHub going. You know, I mean, and that's a hard, you get that fear of missing out, but then you're also like, I just spent, you know, a, per, a portion of my mortgage on, you know, on a ticket. And how does that, you know, if you could do it, God bless. But I, I don't know. I just, and you, you brought up that ticket anxiety. And I think that phase two of ticket anxiety, if you did score is who do you call? Who do you ask? You know what I mean? And it's, that's a hard thing too, because it's like, you have those folks that are always like 100% yes, right off the bat. And then a day or two before the shows, it's like, sorry, I can't make it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about was like, now that, and I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or maybe we were just going this direction anyway, but basically paperless tickets being kind of like, seems to be the trend. And that seems to be what's happening moving forward. Is that, is that what you're seeing on your end? Yeah. Um, Paperless tickets are great. It's way more efficient for both the fan and the industry to manage them. It's just not like even still, it's just not fully across the board. You know, they still want to allow the ability for people who don't have a smartphone to obtain those tickets. So there are still paper hard tickets being mailed out often with the way mail has been there's a lot of tickets that aren't showing up um oh man you know who mailed them when did they mail them talking to the carrier do, like did they get lost mid-transit they show up like the night of the show or the next morning oh uh, the next morning shit <laughs> i know what a fucking <laughs> that's just a twist of the thorn right there just like oh was this what you wanted to do last night Oh totally. my God, that would break my heart. That and happens, you're seeing that happen quite often. I mean, it happens still. I mean, it's less now because there are more um, electronic tickets. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. when there are paper tickets involved, that stuff does occur. 
Yeah. And then, you know, then they call the box office and try to get them reissued at the box office. And if you're like mid trade with somebody, you have to like provide like valid proof of credit card and a license or an ID. And it just, it creates a lot of box office friction for the venue too. Cause they don't want to be dealing with that. They don't want lines out their box office with like people trying to pick up at will call and, um, so paperless tickets solves a lot of that. If, if we can finally get there where, you know, they're not printed home PDFs and they literally are transferable tickets. It cuts out a lot of fraud because it's transferred directly to you and others can't be like using those barcodes. Um, so yeah, it is where it's headed and, and thankfully, yes. See, that's an interesting thing, though, about like miracling someone like, <laughs> you know, you used to keep walk around the parking lot with a ticket at the right when you were about to step into the gate. Like, let's say whatever, like your friend, you can't find them or before before smartphones before. I mean, shit, back when beepers were the only <laughs> thing or maybe even before right. that. And you're about to walk into the show and it's like, we got to go in. But where's, you know, where's our buddy? And someone's looking for a ticket and you're able to just go like, here you go, bud. And like, just hand someone a ticket and see him go like, ah, you know, and freak out and run in. Now it's kind of like, how do you miracle some, how do you like, you're in the parking lot and you, what do you just like kind of holding up your phone and you're like, does anybody need a drop? You airdrop your miracle. (laughs) Airdrop. Uh, You you pretty, pretty much do. I mean, you transfer them a ticket. Um, I think, yeah. (laughs) Digital, digital love. Uh Yeah, really. I just think about the old heads that like for them, it must be like, this is pure insanity. Like when they had their own like mail network, it's, you know, snail mail. I'm just like, wow. Well, when we created cash for trade, it was part of the reason because, you know, we grew up standing in line of box offices and then outside of box offices. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, skipping school and like running to the, you know, to get in line. Uh, and then, you know, if there was a scalper or something, like they might just be like in line in front of you and are able to get like, you know, the maximum allotment of like four tickets or something. I'm yeah. sure they had other ways back then too, but still it was like yeah. somewhat limiting. And then, you know, there were like fish went on hiatus and like I was kind of snowboarding in Vermont for a while. And then uh, when everything came back in 2009 and, and shows started to pick up again, um, well, StubHub had been created during that time and the internet really, I mean, you know, Facebook started in 2004. So during that, that blackout period, like the internet was chugging and growing and business was happening. And all of a sudden we were like, what the hell happened here? Like, this is not like it used to be. Mm. And then we were just like, let's create a place for fans to just trade with fans and it seems like it's the same as the financial industry where the pace of technical technological change far outpaces the pace of uh, legislative change. So it's like it's not illegal because there are no laws about it yet because we're in new, completely new territory. And that happens like super, super fast. Yeah. And what seem like it will always outpace. I mean, I don't know how you've get ahead of that. Yeah. They catch up, you know, or try to catch up. Um, and then it's like, boop. <laughs> well, Otiel, yeah. Otiel and I were talking the other day about, I was telling him about like the whole Pearl Jam movement for a minute there where Pearl Jam's like, we're not playing any venues that, that, uh, needs Ticketmaster, right? Wasn't it just Ticketmaster at that point? Do you remember that? Pearl yes. Jam said we're not- uh, in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. They said, we don't want to be involved with Ticketmaster. You may know better than me, so I don't know. Do you know the, the background behind that story? Uh, a bit. Um, I know that they wanted to do their own ticketing, and um, I think it was very difficult because they didn't have the reach. Um, so after years and years of back and forth, there was like a lawsuit there too. Um, I don't know all the details. Um, in the end of the day, though, like today, they use Ticketmaster, Um, but you know, I think they've 
tried to come up with ways to reduce the amount that uh, brokers can obtain their tickets. I think that it was a thing about too, like if you, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may not know. I think that this is the truth, but like, if you want to play a venue, that's part of the contract that tickets are sold through either Ticketmaster or Axis. And that's, you don't have a choice around it. Is that the case? Like as a, as a band, as an artist, I think that's the, what you yeah, have the to venue, kind of agree. The venue is really the client of the, um, well, I mean, that, that's interesting. Um, you know, the, the artist plays a role in there, but, uh, you know, the management, but the venue often is the one who is choosing to use this ticket company. Yeah. So if you say no to that ticket company, you're saying no to those venues, essentially, you, you won't be able to play certain rooms and halls and stuff. It's intertwined like that. It makes it difficult. Yeah. Wow. Especially um, if there's a monopoly. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I remember Kid Rock going to war at some point to like keep the ticket price lower. Take a $20 ticket. I think I recall was. him successfully doing it, but then I don't know if it was, if he then went to do that the next year and the year after and the year after and the year after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, everybody will say they always want things to be cheaper. Right. I mean, we all, want to go back to that day when it was $18 for a ticket, you know, but I think it's more about, you know, that lack of transparency and the middlemen obtaining that profit than it is spending that money and supporting that artist. Yeah. I don't mind like the price of things going up. Like, yeah, it costs more to see a movie, but it's price gouging. You know, it's like there's no emergency. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fee for this and a fee for that and a fee for this. It's like, what? You know, it's <laughs> just price gouging. And, yeah. you, you know, you can't really. It's it's more egregious when there's no emergency. What's up, everybody? This is Mike. And today's show is sponsored by Sunset Lake CBD, a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with stress and sleep without breaking the bank. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located just outside of one of our favorite places, Burlington, Vermont. For years, Sunset Lake was a dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. We had them on the podcast in 2019. They diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to the customer, cutting out all the cost associated with getting on the shelves at stores. They have CBD products for every occasion and offer tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even... For that anxious dog of yours, they have pet products. Ooh, I need to get some for my dog that's barking all the time. But Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this. I use these. The Sour Bears. So good. They are CBD gummies. I literally, no joke, I take these every night. They help me sleep. And it's almost bedtime. (laughs) Yep. And I still, as said it before, I'll say it again. You go to a long show, you come home, my 42-year-old ankles are not what they used to be. And I rub that salve all over them and uh, put them up, enjoy a a nice cocktail, and uh, just let it ooze right into those sore bones. And you know what, folks, all you comes a time fans, if you check them out at sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME, T-I-M-E, you'll get 20% off all products. That's sunsetlakecbd.com. Use promo code TIME, 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Thank you. Get you some. Ticketmaster, I think, like, what often happens is that they absorb a lot of the 
fees from venues and such and like lace it into like their fee. And, you know, I think what people don't always understand about Ticketmaster too, is that, I mean, sometimes it's just obnoxious. You're like, what is this fee? Like we saw a fee that was like higher than the price of the tickets. Like how it was like 120% or something. I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah. It's the, are you paying attention fee? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is this? Um, but at the same time, like, you know, on, on an average event or whatever, I don't know what was going on with that one. Um, you know, Ticketmaster is, um, they're not the artist, right? Like they're being, they're a service and they're providing a service to sell the tickets for the artist and, or for the venue. And, um, you know, they have a fee to cover their services, similar to what we do, of course, because on cash or trade, it's face value that we're the only platform that it's free to sell. So we encourage people who have extra tickets to sell them at face value. And it's the only platform where you won't be charged to sell your ticket where Mm -hmm. every other one does. But on the buyer end, we have either it's a 10% fee or you become a gold member. And for $4 a month for a year, you avoid the platform fee altogether. Um, so what we have struggled with is to create a competitive, um, pricing structure that still provides some revenue to run a company. We, we now have 20 employees at cash or trade. So we're feeling great about that as we grow. Congrats. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. But, uh, you know, a lot of us are, you know, part of this because of the passion. And, yeah. and we really want to be a part of it. And it's, it's not a, you know, it doesn't rake in the money the way a, a StubHub model does, you know? Um, so, you know, there, there are, you know, our model, we know people have a hard time with fees in general. So we offered the opportunity. We're the only ticket platform that has a membership opportunity that if you are going to use the platform once, twice, then being a gold member actually saves you in that way. And then it supports the platform. It supports the cause. And uh, there's some like loyalty there to like continue working together in a community. I'm sure it's uh, less in fees and much less in feeling like you've been had nine ways to Sunday. Well, and and also, yeah. And also you kind of get to know a tiny bit at least a tiny bit who you're buying your ticket from or who you're selling your ticket to. Like when you do, when you do a transaction on StubHub, it's just like, you're kind of just praying that you get the ticket. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's no, you never know who or where your ticket's coming from and whether it's going to be valid or not. Right. Exactly. There's no check or balance. Whereas with cash or trade, there's an entire, like, you know, there's a rating system and there's <clears throat> reviewing and there's, you guys do a lot of kind of, uh, I don't like the term policing, um, making sure that things stay, uh, you know, on the up and up. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not bad. It's, it's just well, bad I just policing. Don't like it's the, bad. Yeah, bad <laughs> I just don't like policing well, in general. We have but. a process in place where people verify. <laughs> yeah. They verify themselves on the account. So they like verify their phone number and their email address and the credit cards on file. They build out a profile of themselves and upload like a photo of them or, um, you know, start to, have like a persona on the platform, Mm. you know, and that doesn't exist on any other ticket site. Um, other tickets like a soft social media. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, people say it's become a social network. Um, I think we've had four people, four couples have approached us telling us that they have, traded with someone on cash trade ended up dating and ended up marrying each other. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's definitely social network. And, uh, one, one recently, not too long ago, um, someone sent this to me. They sent me the screenshots and they were like, uh, check this out. 
they replied to a trade and the girl was like, Oh, like I, I picked you because you have the same name as my first kiss 30 years ago. And he was like, no way. <laughs> I forget her name, but it was like Allie. Wow. <laughs> like, and it was them. Is that you? And they're like, Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. That's awesome. Casher trade's going to branch off into the wedding invitation space. <laughs> <laughs> where It's like, I don't want to go to their wedding, but if anybody does, <laughs> trade me another uh, wedding. <laughs> we, you know, we love those stories, you know, because awesome. yeah. that's what it's supposed to be about is connecting with friends and, and people in the space that build that community. As, and as I was saying, Mike, like, um, you know, you're obtaining that ticket and your experience right at that moment is so heightened and you're not yeah. bogged down with negativity and, uh, um, you know, it's an emotional experience that you go through when yeah. you go to these events, you get the goosebumps on your arms, you know, on the back of your neck, like you don't want to be sitting there being upset about how much you paid for the ticket yeah. and all the struggle it took to get there. I just yeah. wanted to say that again. So O'Teal could hear that. Cause <laughs> no, I think that's a big part of it. It is. It makes it, it harder to enjoy it. You know, it does. And do you, I mean, you know, one of the things too, that, uh, kind of like the mother hen of like a friend group sometimes will do is like, I'll try to get tickets for this one and whatever. And if you don't get it, you kind of almost have this guilt where you're like, shit, I got to get tickets for everybody now, you know? And, and then you end up freaking out, panicking, paying extra and you're almost apologetic about it. And it sucks because like, but with cash or trade, you can almost kind of tell that story and put it up on the, on the board or whatever. And someone will go like, I gotcha. Like, don't worry. Mm. And it's almost yeah. kind of brings back that lot pre technology yeah. vibe where you can go up to someone and go like, does anybody have a ticket for my buddy? Like he really, you know, wants to get in and lost his ticket, whatever. And it, it, that was a thing that would happen in the parking lots before, and it's on was, the back. It's on the back end too, because you know you go through all that and you're like feeling guilty and you're like I got all that, and then like three people don't show up. And you're like, great, now I got. <laughs> I went through all that trouble and I got three extra. T Anybody want to? Anybody tickets? want these? Like, so it helps you on the back. <laughs> yeah, it's and cool that on the back end too. You know, yeah. you could like. Put it, it back in the stream. It yeah. Totally. Yeah, happens. we we actually do have a miracle feature as well. And um, <laughs> you can go on to Cash or Trade and make a post. And when you get to the pricing area, you can toggle a little box that says, I'm going to miracle this ticket. Um, we also have a charity option where you could say, I'm going to donate the, the cost of this ticket to this charity as well. Cool. That's really and, cool. cool. I mean, I think the last statistic was um, we had like $50,000 tickets that have been given away um nice. through cash or trade that's so, sweet yeah so i'm pretty guess excited about that both that and people getting married are not happening on Ticketmaster. <laughs> don't I don't want to. So. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see a, a Ticketmaster marriage. That's a weird marriage. I want to go to a catch or trade wedding, not a, catch not a trade Stub wedding. Hub wedding. No That's way. Funny. Otil, do you do you like? Um, have you seen what what like actual when a when a show goes live now on Ticketmaster? What it looks well, like. I mean, no, I, but oh. here's what happens. I can tell because my phone goes insane. <laughs> I'm not, I have not, but and now I'm actually getting emails from Ticketmaster because I had to click in to, you know, get these tickets for Earth, Wind, Fire, and Santana. But um, yeah, I still know because my phone goes crazy and my wife's phone goes crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh. I see it just, but I hear this thing and it breaks my heart because I really feel like the artist doesn't have uh, heart, any control or just like very no. little. Yeah. And you think about like what you said before about, okay, yeah, there was scalpers, but it was a guy in front of me and maybe, you know, and he had a limit or she had a limit to how much they could buy. And now being online, it's just hitting refresh, hitting refresh. And I'm like, that's a, that's like feeling around in the dark it's dark it's pitch black and you have a blindfold on and it's just like that's not a good feeling 
at all. No, you're Not right. Not a good feeling at all. <clears throat> you know, yeah. a couple years before the pandemic or maybe like a year or two before the pandemic, before um, Ticketmaster got rid of like their phone lines where you could still like call in and try to get tickets and stuff. Mm, yeah. the, the day of a of an on-sale O'Teal, it was kind of like, I mean, it was like getting ready to like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like getting ready for like the kickoff of the Super Bowl or something. I had yeah. like multiple computers set up on different, like, you know, you had your, you know, Safari was up on Ticketmaster with this email address and then another email address. <laughs> and then you're calling and then you're calling your mom at work going like, Hey, would you mind trying to call this number to see just because it was like, you know, you're going to just, you're, like you said, yeah. Brando earlier, you're not going to hit one of them might hit. But you got to try every possible thing. But now what it is is basically you go on and you essentially get into a line. And on the Ticketmaster site, it just has a little guy walking. And it's like, (laughs) it goes like this, Otiel. It's like, you are number three in line. And then the little wheel turns and it goes, you are number 640 in line. You are number number 20,000 plus. 2,000 plus is the thing. They just give you 2,000 plus. So you're like, okay, there's 2,000 people in front of me. So you could be 6,000 or 10,000 or Or 2,001. Yeah. Yeah. Or 2,001. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you know, fans do get like upset, you know, waiting room with ticket anxiety, but you are right. In college, I remember going to the computer lab and I would go to sit down and a kid would be like, I, I got this, I got this row. <laughs> you, you have this row? Yes. Like, He's refresh like on six computers. Four, totally four windows on yeah. every computer trying to get tickets. And I'm like, what the hell? And that's one computer lab in one school, in one town, in one state across the country. Everyone's yeah. doing it when it's fish and dead and all these giant bands. Like, no, yeah. how does that place not, like, how does the roof not fly off of tickets? Like, it's well, just... It's and now wild. it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty hard. Like a, you can't do any of that anymore. The waiting rooms, the IP addresses, they, they block all that stuff, multiple windows open, like, yeah. you, you know, it'll like close one or it won't allow you through the gate. Um, so, I mean, that that's good as far as distribution. Right. But at yeah. the same time, it's like you are still up against bot programs who are kind yeah. of finding a back door anyway. Right. Um, but it is tough too, because you want to go to two shows, um, or a Friday and a Saturday night. And if there's not like a two day ticket option or something, um, they might be going on at the same time. Yeah. You really have to pick and choose which tickets you're going to try to get, you know? So that's why, like, if you're in line for this one and your friend is in line for the other one, like the chances that you both score are very low. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a battle. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is there ever a point where, cause I thought this when I was trying to buy tickets for this last concert, is there ever a point where the ticket price comes down because there actually aren't enough people that can afford $1,800 tickets, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what happens mostly on summer tours is that, uh, you know, typical life in the summer is that people travel. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of events that happen. So people buy tickets planning to go to events and then things come up and, or they're like, maybe I can't do, maybe I can't fly to California for that one. That's like a stretch. Like I got to put money into my car or something. And then they wind up with those extras. Um, And uh, so what you'll see is just like in summer tour, um, often there's a lot more, um, uh, ticketing is a lot more fluid. There's a lot more tickets will like sort of surface and pop mm. up for people not being able to go and that sort of thing. And that I think helps drive down some of the costs because there's a lot of extras popping up on the secondary market. Um, so in a sense, that's good. It's just like right at that on sale or lottery yeah. time, the demand is so high. The price is like shoot right up and it takes a yeah. little while for stuff to shake down. And they say like, you know, the highest percentage of tickets goes for sale up within two weeks before the event and even mm-hmm. more within a week. 
yeah. like seventy percent is like. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, when you're a week before the event, that's when most of the tickets come available. But, yeah, but just like what you said, Oti, like you should have waited. That I can't tell you how many times those words have come out of my like when it comes to like. You know, like you buy tickets because we're sitting here with the with our app or whatever, and you're, you know, do I just buy it now? I have them right here. Why don't I just buy yeah. them? And then I and then you just do it because it's like fuck it, I'll just do it now. And then the minute you buy them, inevitably you find cheaper ones. You find oh, ones closer yeah. to face value, oh, and then you're like, God damn, I should have waited. And then, but what? It's like real estate. It's like anything, you know. But it's like I, now yeah. that I know that, I can keep that in mind. Like the most tickets are going to go on sale two weeks before, and then a week before, because what you know, the fear that drives it for me, and I would assume for everybody else, is, oh, it's going to sell out. Now they're all gone. You know, I'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, fish sold out in, you know, six hours up. Oh, they're all gone. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like so you're you're fighting that reptilian brain. Oh, I, the gas station is empty now. Like everybody <laughs> got all the gas because it's a hurricane. Yeah. All the milk and, and eggs that are gone. You know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All the milk and eggs are gone. And yeah. It's like, wow, if yeah. you just chilled it. Now that I know that, it's like, well, for a chill, super high demand know. event, which nobody wants to miss. Um, this sometimes is like that where it's yeah. like, wow, those are hot tickets. Nobody's letting those go. And yeah. they, they hold on to it, like fighting so hard to the last minute, you know, hoping that they can go. And, um, so sometimes there's not that variability and, um, yeah. and, and that's tough because we, you know, as much as we want everyone to go to the show, we also, you know, when everyone's looking, it's like so hard to be like, ah, sorry, there's just like not a lot of tickets out there. It's, you know, it's interesting too. Cause I, I kind of like peruse, I peruse a couple of sites like all the time. Like I'm always looking at Zillow to just see what houses I'll never afford. <laughs> That's right. a fun thing to do. And I'm always looking at cash or trade at just like kind of keeping an eye on what tickets are. I, I'm interested in what shows on which tour there's an more tickets available for. Do you know what I mean? Like to me, that's very interesting where it's like some weird Sunday night fish show. You can't find a ticket, but the next night you can find like 50, 60 tickets. Like it's, that's interesting to me. And I've noticed that with a couple of different, like you're saying, like there are various different shows or pockets. And another thing I noticed with cash or trade is that, you know, you obviously started in our scene, this music scene, but you've branched out to like, I mean, it's, there's country, there's pop, there's a, all genres of music are now being, you know, worked on cash or trade. Yeah. Everybody's getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. trying to, we're trying to scale for sure. Uh, you know, the problem exists, as you said, O'Teal in, in all genres of music. And we are trying to enter into those different genres and give more, uh, diversity on the platform. Um, so yeah, like country and, and, and there's rock and we do have some of the, some of the big, um, artists too. Like, you know, there will be a Lady Gaga ticket or Justin Timberlake tickets popping up and, you know, we hope to enter into those areas as well. But I think, as we grow with cash or trade and actually we do have a new app coming out. Um, we've been working hard on this. Um, we were hoping it would go live this summer. It might be more like the fall. We'll, we'll see, but we're working on, um, building people's communities better and having you be able to really connect with your friends and see like what events that your friends are going to and whether there's extras, um, for you to participate in that. Um, so we realized within ticketing is always a sub community. Yeah. You know, there's like the first people that you'll go to for tickets or, or, you know, that will come to you for tickets. And then there's like the next ring out, you know, of friends. It's like, all right, I got to start looking yeah. from here, you know, and we want to do that in cash or trade to help bring those circles, like all those circles within under the roof of cash or trade. And that's when you get to like your laziest friends and you're like, I'm not getting a ticket for this show. <laughs> if I'm already at AM, uh, there's no way I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, man, everyone else tried so hard to get these tickets. You did nothing. You and did now that. last minute you're like whining to everybody for that extra. <laughs> you're like a shot in the dark, but do you have one? Oh, you do? 
Zero? Okay, yeah. your number. That's great. Uh, do you feel like uh, <laughs> as you guys get more and more successful, like the biggies are going to try to come after you? Maybe just buy you out or something? Like, I don't know. <sighs> do you ever feel like there's That's a, a point question. where there's going to be some heat? Um... I don't know. It's like the industry is evolving. I mean, in 2009, nobody understood what we were doing. They're just like, well, you know, how do you guys make money? Is, is always, I mean, even today, that's the question. It's like, well, we have a small fee, but, um, you know, nobody believed that that thing could work or <laughs> even understand. Too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Dead. Dead. Today, though. <laughs> Uh, things have changed, you know, the industry is, is, has heard from the consumer base, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, things, a lot of, there's a more awareness around how people feel about the ticketing prices and what's going on. And I think it's because more people have been educated about like some of the shady business and the stuff that's happening. So I think there's, yeah, I think there's more starting to be more like, um, you know, focus towards creating a platform that's, that's better for fans. And certainly what we're trying to do and, um, you know, it's, it's a battle. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you're trying to like, what we're doing is unlike any other. And it's like a socialist model in a capitalistic society where there's a price cap on things, you know? Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then there's the other fan who wants everything for free and, you know, thinks there, that, like, there was always that guy too. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, <laughs> It's a battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for, the, <laughs> for listeners that, that maybe haven't experienced it yet, like, can you walk them through like, you know, how to sign up, what, it, what it's like, things like that, like how to get going on cash or trade? Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, you can visit cashertrade.org, um, click in the login button on the top right, and you can register if you're not already a user. And, you know, it's just like phone number, email address and password. And um, you're in, you verify your information um, and you can start browsing the site. You can search for an artist and you can run filters on tour dates, but you can also look at tickets that have sold already, or you can filter out to friends in your area, um, all sorts of filters to better hone in on like who you want to focus on. Um, and then what's different about cash or trade is that it follows a model similar to Airbnb where you make an offer on posts that you want to purchase and the seller ultimately gets to choose, um, who they want to sell to. Um, if it was a click and buy website, then there's a lot of malicious behavior trying like scalpers trying to buy up face value tickets to resell. And we want to keep that community aspect of it where the seller gets to choose somebody who like, you know, maybe they look over their profile and they like who this person is, or they say that they're bringing their dad to the event or something like that. Everyone has reviews. You can read through the reviews and be like, wow, this guy, like he hooked that person up with those tickets. That was a hard show to get. Like this guy's cool. You know, I'm going to pick him and give back. Um, and I think that's the sentiment. And then once, once they accept the card is charged at that point and they end up in a messaging app where they can go back and forth to chat with each other the entire way through and the seller delivers the tickets and then the buyer says, I received them and they leave each other reviews in the end. That's great, man. And really they can it. friend each other again in the future. And then that way they could see uh, future posts that they make. It's really neat. And the, the review and the messaging portion is really enjoyable because it yeah. does keep you kind of accountable. And, and it's nice when someone recognizes if you did go above and beyond to try to like, I had a circumstance where I had tickets that like, I, I have multiple Ticketmaster accounts and I was trying to locate where the tickets were and somehow they got lo like lost. So I, it took me a couple hours to kind of just get it all figured out. And then I got the tickets and instead of actually like 
sending them to this person. I met them at the box office and kind of did the thing because I was near the venue or whatever. And they were extremely appreciative and left a great review. And I was like, that's cool. You know, I mean, it's yeah. nice to, I just obviously wanted to get them the tickets, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I love what you're doing, man. And, and we wanted to have you on to make sure Thanks. everybody that listens knows what you're doing. And, you know, exactly. with, with tour coming up, it's, it's, you know, it we works. all need to save I mean, money. My, I see it with my wife. She is on a, like at least one mom's group, uh, just here locally where we live and mm. for everything, like literally everything we can think of. Oh, yeah. roller skating. Is there a roller skating or, you know, electrician or whatever? And she's mm. big on reviews, big on recommendations. She talks to the people individually yeah i use them and other three other people wave that i use that same person they're great i mean that's the way to do it you know like you feel so much better about everything yeah because I, I don't mind capitalism man but this like the vampire capitalism is just like it leaves you feeling so bad you know that you just want to leave the country <laughs> in my <laughs> case anyway yeah. you know like the planet. Yeah, yeah. It's just about you know having things you know some regulation in place that keeps a good experience. I mean that's what people want, and I think what you just mentioned there, Otil, is is true, and it's and it's great that commerce has become communalized, right? Like it's you do communicate with people that you know and trust and you get their referrals and you know that's how it is a little bit more today review based um instead of just like shot in the dark you know yeah. right and i think that's valuable it's super valuable and uh thank you for you know getting in there early before anybody, <laughs> enough people hadn't been screwed over so egregiously yet to be educated to understand what you were doing <laughs> but now they know now, yeah, now you're they killing know. it man <laughs> yeah. ticket by ticket that's yep. it one ticket at a time that's the mm-hmm. that's the bumper sticker yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh bless yeah. you man yeah thank For you brandon thank you. really appreciate it thank you and guys sorry. i really appreciate being on of course. Yeah, sorry, I had to dip in and out, Brando, into the it. fans. <laughs> I had a mattress being delivered. It My wife's st- taking her parents to the airport. <laughs> Got to get good sleep, man. Sometimes <laughs> just we solve. need you rested so we can buy tickets to see yes, you. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really great to meet you, Atil. Uh, excellent Likewise. job out there, man. We we love the music and, and we love going to your shows. So thank you. Thank you, man. And bless you for doing what you're doing. Everybody get your tickets at Cash or Trade. See you next time. (laughs) Awesome, you guys. Thanks so much. Of course, Brando. Thanks. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.